Hey everyone, this is Chris Vaught, and I'd like to welcome you all to the Pursuit Podcast, where our passion is to inspire and equip you with biblical truths as you pursue after the heart of God. There are many kind of fathers in our lives. There are father figures, there are family fathers, spiritual fathers, but ultimately there's one God and father of all. In today's episode, episode 11, we're going to take a look in the spiritual mirror and ask ourselves this most important question. How is my heart reflecting the heart of my heavenly father? We're excited you're here. And you know, um, we're, we're going to honor all kinds of dads today. And we're going to honor fathers and, and, and uh, biological fathers and non-biological fathers, because let's just get real. And, and, and let me tell you, they, there are father figures that today we also need to thank and applaud for their involvement in our life. And they may not be your biological father, but some male who was a great role model for you and influenced you and encouraged you and strengthened you, may have been a coach. It may have been uh, a gentleman on your street in your subdivision. It may have been an uncle. It may have been somebody made an impact in your life. So today we want to honor father figures. And if you're thankful for those father figures in your life, let's just show everybody our appreciation today. All right, come on. There's all kinds of father figures. Got to get that cookie down. Uh, then we want to honor the family father. Right? You know, the fathers who, who are raising families right now or, or have raised your families and now maybe you've moved on to grandkids, which is an awesome time of life, I'm just going to tell you. And, and wherever you're at in that scenario, you may be a biological father. You may be a biological dad. Let's, we want to give you love today. And we want to honor you and celebrate you and tell you how important your role is in the family. We also want to honor those who may not be biological fathers of a child, but because you stepped up to the plate in our society and you are showing love to a child through the foster care system or through adoption, and you have become that child's father. I want to tell you what, you're a role model and you're a hero as well. So whether it's through foster care, adoption, or biological uh, process, however you are the father in that home, we want to honor you and tell you we appreciate you and you are our heroes in our book. Go be a godly example in your home. The third type of father we want to honor today are spiritual fathers. Spiritual fathers. And we don't talk about that a lot in the churches, Protestant churches, because we, we get kind of weirded out with the lingo. But I want to tell you, the apostle Paul said to the church in Corinth, you do not have many spiritual fathers fathers. And what we're talking about here is a spiritual father, a role model, a, a godly influence who challenges you to grow and to go closer to God. And the apostle Paul told Timothy, he said to Timothy, he said, you are my son. I have begotten you through the gospel. He wasn't his biological, but he was a spiritual father. And if you've ever led another person to Jesus Christ, in an instance, you became that person's spiritual father or mother, and you became that great spiritual influence. How many of you are thankful today for a pastor, a Sunday school teacher, a small group leader, someone who come along and showed you Jesus and gave you a godly example and became a spiritual father to you? Let's give God some praise for all the spiritual dads. 
And then ultimately today, as you know, we're going to honor and celebrate the ultimate father of all, who is the role model for all of us and should be our goal and our aim for all of us to emulate, whether you're male or female, we all have a heavenly father who we should try to reflect. And you know I'm talking about almighty God. Can we give God the type of praise he deserves? The one you know sent his only son for you and died for you on the cross to give you eternal life. The God who was there in the midnight when you cried out and you were all alone and you were all afraid. The God who opened doors for you when no one else could open a door for you. The God who gave you opportunity after opportunity. The God that showed you grace and mercy and mercy forgiveness. And when you called out on him, he took you in his arms and loved you like a father ought to love. Can we give him some praise? See, y'all start praising before I got done. So that just makes me get excited and go longer. Look at your neighbor and tell him today's going to be a fun day. Because we, we have a great Heavenly Father. Now, as we honor our God, listen to me, and we come to know Him closer. If we'll get more intimate with our Heavenly Father, it'll make you a greater influence, whether you're a spiritual father or mother, a natural father or mother, or just a father figure or a mother figure. Whatever role you have in life, listen to me, and here's my heart today. The closer you get to God, the more you grow in intimacy with God, the closer you get to God, it will influence and impact all those other areas of your life. I promise you, the key is you intentionally developing the intimacy with God. The closer you get to God, here's my prayer, I'll tell you up front. Here's my prayer. I hope someday you're talking to someone, something comes out of your mouth, you're witnessing, you're sharing, you're serving, and the Holy Spirit of God puts that thought in the back of your mind. <laughs> that was just like your heavenly father. Because how many of you have ever done something, said something, and all of a sudden that thought coming in your back of your mind, talking, thinking about your biological father or father figure, <laughs> that was just like dad. You ever had that happen? Sometimes I tease, I tease this about my kids. Um, I, I, I wonder, sometimes my kids probably go around like this. That was just like my dad. Have you ever done that too? I asked our staff this week at staff meeting, have you ever had that moment where you said or done something and it's like, oh, that's the way my dad did. And uh, so we decided to video a father-daughter duo who's up leading your children today and so I want you to watch this short little video of Pastor D and his daughter Faith talking about those moments in their lives. Hey, reflecting about my father. Uh, I remember as a little boy, I would have to literally run after dad to keep up with him. Because <laughs> his legs were so long, and so I would be just running to chase after him. And I love to follow my dad. That I mean, sounds I like me. Uh, well, I'm glad it does. Yeah. But I love to follow my dad. I wanted to be like my dad. And there's a couple things about my dad that I really loved, even as a little boy, that I recognized. And one of them is he loved Jesus with his whole heart. He loved Jesus. And then dad had a creative way of how to make people laugh. He'd have expressions on his face to get people to laugh. And then he would, he would like to use puppets and little illustrated object lessons that he would do. 
And it was really cool. And I would watch him and I would look at that him and I'd say, wow, I want to be like that. I want to be like that. That sounds just like my dad too. No, <laughs> look, reflecting about our fathers. Yes, it is. And so as a little guy, I wanted to be like my dad. And so I would kind of mirror him, image him, do things, practice like him, even begin to talk like him. And later in life, as I got older, I'm going, that sounds like my dad. And it exactly was like my dad. And so the more dad would use his creative ability to create things and to reach out to kids, not just children, but uh, adults too. Yeah. And, and But he used it in his ministry. Dad actually was a uh, Sunday school superintendent for years in his church. And he worked with the children. He would take his puppets and his object lessons, and he would share Jesus with everybody and the joy and the peace that it brought people. That's what I felt. That's what I saw. And it's like, I want to be like my dad. And the more dad used those and how he touched people's lives, he was touching my heart. And I'm going, that's what I want to do is touch people's heart. And so I began to emulate what my dad would do. And as I became older, we started going to the conventions. And I, of course, I would be with my dad, but that's where I met your mother. I met Sonia. And Sonia and I just hit it off because we had something in common, which was the puppets and the ventriloquism yeah. that we did. And so we end up getting married. And in that relationship that we had, we go, you know what? We could use this ventriloquism, use this puppetry to reach hearts and souls for Jesus. Yeah. And so that's what we begin doing. And children ministry was just a connection for both of us. And using puppets and ventriloquism and illustrated messages has been a great way to share not just Jesus and the Word of God, but share peace and joy, yeah. which this world needs. And then you came along and our baby girl and I would show you things as a little girl, and you would say, that's cool, Dad. How do you do that? How do you make that talk? How do you make that work? And then see you and the joy it brought you, and, and, and of course our son too, and then you growing up into a young woman, and then you using those same things yeah. that Dad made that I used, and you use. And it's like, Wow, that's really cool. It's just kind of like, I think dad would be, he'd be pleased. Yeah. It would, it would honor him yeah. that we're still using what dad would come up with and what he created. It's still being used. Yeah. And so get, dad is still around. Dad is still here. And, uh, and I want to make dad I want, to, I want to please my father. That's I'm just like my dad. You know, while I was in Texas, I think yeah. I called you a lot of times. Going, you did? You would never believe, you know, in that children's position. As I was on stage, I would clap like you would clap. I would talk like you would talk. And uh, while I was doing the lesson, I was like, this sounds just like my I father. I remember you would oh, call. my word. You would call me and go, Dad, I did exactly <laughs> what you would do. I, I said exactly it. what yes. you said. You would do that. and But you don't know much... As a father, you don't know how much joy, uh, sorry, you don't know how much joy that brings a dad. When a dad is honored in that, 
when their children would be presenting the gospel and find so much joy in that, yeah. that you see a reflection that you carried on, that you took on, that shows respect to your, your father, me. Yes. And so... I mean that just brings a lot of honor, and and I, and I love that. And so I would that would make me smile, it'd make me cry, even though you couldn't see me. That make me <laughs> smile and bring joy to me. And I know that's what it does to my dad. Yeah. And I know that's the way it is. It brings to our heavenly Father yeah. when we are the same way. I know He smiles at us. I know He probably even sheds a tear, saying, "That's my kids. Yeah. That's my children." And He loves that. Well, I love you, and it's an and honor to reflect you well, in all that I do and to run alongside you in this ministry. Well, we are and blessed. We are, we are truly blessed. Is that a blessing? Amen. I love the fact that they kept talking. And they just had to turn the cameras off. Because if you know Pastor D and Faith's running with him, and I love when Faith goes, Oh, my word. Because if you've ever been around Pastor D, he says that like 400,000 times a day. But I hope you got the message behind their story. The honor of showing the reflection of your father. And listen to me, the, my heart for you today is for you to grow deeper and closer in your love to Almighty God because I'm telling you, when you reflect your heavenly father, you know it puts the biggest smile upon him. And God gets so much praise when you reflect your heavenly father. And so here's what I want to challenge you to do today. I want you to make this a very intentional choice for you. Because if we're gonna reflect the Father, if we're gonna reflect our Heavenly Father, it is an intentional choice we have to make. It's not gonna happen by accident. You've gotta intentionally choose to get closer to God, get to know Him better, to fall in love with the Lord. And the more you fall in love with Him, the closer you get to God, the more you study God, the more you pray to Him and spend time with Him in worship and prayer. Listen to me, the more time you get alone with your Heavenly Father, the more you'll start emulating Him and imitating Him even without thinking about it. The more you're around His heart, the more you will take on His heart. And you will begin to reflect God. When you stand in front of the mirror, I want you to be able to see God at work in you. Now, for our time together this morning, we're going to turn our Bibles to John chapter 14, and we're going to look at Jesus. Because the Bible says no one has ever seen God face to face, not on this earth, but God gave us his son Jesus, and the Bible says Jesus is the perfect representation of the Father. And as you're gonna to see today, if we can study Jesus, we get to know the Father. If we understand Jesus, we better understand our Father, because Jesus is the perfect reflection of God. You need to study the life of Jesus. You need to grow closer to Jesus, and you need to emulate the Lord Jesus, and in doing so, you will understand your heavenly Father. Because Jesus is the Son of God. I want you to take your Bibles and go with me. John 14. Now let me set it up for you. Let me tell you what's happening. Jesus has just got through having the Last Supper with his disciples. Judas has already gotten up from the table and walked out. Judas is already on his way to sell Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. 
And Jesus then looks at the disciples, and the disciples, the Bible says none of them understood what Judas was doing. None of them understood why he got up and left. They didn't, they, they weren't putting all the pieces together. And Jesus looks at the disciples, and you can imagine this moment. They just got through eating. Judas is gone. And then you hear Jesus say these words. I'm only going to be with you for a short time. I'm about to leave because the evil one is coming. And as he comes, I'm going to be taken away. But I will leave you alone for a while, and then I will come back to you. Now, now, every time Jesus tried to talk about his crucifixion, his death, going away, it, you read the Gospels, the disciples never got it. And, and it, it messed them up, and they were all confused, and they would get upset. And, 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 and most times they would cut Jesus off. And Peter does that here. This is where Jesus says, and, when, and some of you tonight are going to be scattered, and, and then you'll have to come back. And some of you are going to deny me. And they still didn't understand Judas was the one he was talking about. And Peter says, Lord, I'll never deny you. And it's, it's, in the, it's at the end of chapter 13 where Jesus says, before the rooster crows in the morning three times, you'll deny me three times. And immediately, now watch this, watch this, watch this. Get the feel for the room. Immediately after Jesus says, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times, he looks at everybody in the room and Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it weren't so, I would have told you. I'm going to go prepare a place for you. And if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I'll receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way. And at that point, Thomas says, Lord, we don't know the way. How do we know where you're going? How do we know the way? Look at the, pick up the verses with me there, verses five and six. Thomas says, Lord, how do we know the way? And look at verse six. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father unless he first comes through me. And then verse seven. Because they're all confused. I mean, they're, they're hearing all of this, and they're like, what, what in the world's going on? Look at verse seven. And Jesus says, and if you know me, you would also know my Father, from now on, you do know him, and you have, underline it, say it out loud with me, you have what? Seen him. Now look at verse 8. I want you to read verses 8 and 9 out loud together. Ready? Go. Lord, said Philip, show us the Father, and that's enough for us. And Jesus said, have I been among you all this time, and you do not know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Now, if you were reading that in the Greek, that verse 9 is very emphatic. And, and, and Jesus actually would have said it something like this. Philip, have I been so long with you? Philip, you don't even know who I am. Philip, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. 
I want you to take your pen there, and there in verse 9, those two words, seen me. I want you to circle that and just say it out loud with me. Ready? Go. Seen me. And in that moment, Jesus was telling the disciples, if you want to know what God is like, look at me. Because everything I've done in these years that I've been with you, all that I've said and all that I've done in every, way, every action of my life, Jesus was saying, wasn't about you paying attention to Joseph and Mary or, or even a man or Bethlehem or, or angels or shepherds. All that's part of my story. But Jesus in this moment saying, I, I didn't come here just so you could see all of that. I, I want you to know I've had one reflection that I have wanted you to see my entire life. There is one reflection I want you to see. When you see me, Philip, when you see me, you see God. Here's what I want you to get. Jesus, who is the Son of God, Jesus, who is the Son of God, Jesus, who is as best our brains can figure out, second person of the Trinity, and he is God in the flesh. Jesus made an intentional decision. I want you to see my Father when you see me. And he says, Philip, I want you to see the Father. Now, look down with me at verse 10 and 11. So then Jesus says, don't you believe that I'm in the Father? How many believe Jesus is in the Father? And that the Father is in me? How many believe the Father is in the Son, right? And says, the words I speak to you. Now watch this, watch this. The words I speak to you. Circle those two words, circle it. The words I speak to you I do not speak on my own. Watch this. The Father who lives in me does his, what's the next word? Shouldn't it be word? Shouldn't, shouldn't it be the Father who's in me does his speaking, right? Shouldn't that, doesn't that make more sense? I mean, Jesus is talking about words. He says, the words I speak are not my own. I speak the words the Father has sent me, and the Father who lives in me does his, shouldn't it be words? Shouldn't it be speaking that he does his talk? Watch this. Jesus says, and the Father who lives in me does his works. Circle that. And that's so important because here Jesus ties words and works and puts them together in the same verse. He doesn't separate them. He doesn't say you can say one thing and live a different. Nor does he say you act one way and say something different. He says your words and your actions have got to come together. And Jesus says that the words I'm speaking are from my Father. And the Father, since he's in me, he's doing this work. Look at verse 11, and it'll show you this just a little longer, and, and then I'm going to give you three truths out of this. Look at verse 11. Believe me, Jesus says, that I am in the Father, and the Father's in me. Otherwise, shout otherwise. If you can't believe because of what you see in me, and if you can't believe in because of what I say, Jesus says, otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. I mean, know the Bible says in the Gospel of John that if everything Jesus had said and done had been recorded, John says the world itself couldn't contain the books thereof. How many believe there's enough truths and examples just in what is written for us to say Jesus Christ is the mighty Son of God who did a lot of awesome, amazing works? And Jesus says, if you can't believe what I say or believe me by who I am, just believe what I've done. So how can we reflect the Father like Jesus Jesus shows us three ways to reflect the Father. 
And this is why it's so important for me and for you and for our church to strive to get to know God even better every day, to love him and to grow in him. Why? So that we can reflect him. And because there's three ways we're going to reflect him. The first one is this. We're going to reflect God with our character. Jesus says in verse 9, if you have seen me, everybody shout character. Character is who you are, right? It's the real you. I like what Abraham Lincoln said about character. Abraham Lincoln said, character is like a tree and reputation is like a shadow. The shadow is what we think of it. The tree is the real thing. Character is who you really are. It's, it's what makes you you. The word character also gives us the word integrity. And integrity means to be undivided. It, it means to be whole on the inside and the outside. To be undivided in yourself. You are stable and strong and secure. You are in a state of moral uprightness. Here's what Jesus said. Look at John 1.18. No one has ever seen God, the one and only Son, who him, himself is God and is at the Father's side. Underline it. Read the rest of the verse. says, he has revealed him. Who is the only one who's ever truly revealed to us what God looks like? His Son. And if we can really look into Jesus, we will see the Father. And ladies and gentlemen, the reason why we worship Jesus and serve him and honor him and glorify him is because as we worship our Savior, he reveals to us more and more about our Heavenly Father. The more we become like Jesus. How many's ever heard of John Wooden? Great UCLA coach, right? Anybody know how many national championships he won? In a 12-year period, 10. Is that awesome or what? Hall of Famer, 10 national champions. Just think of how many he would have won if he coached at Kentucky. I mean, come on, somebody. This guy knew a little bit about coaching. Wow. Here's what John Wooden said. Be more concerned with your character than your reputation. Because your character is what you really are, while your reputation is merely what others think you are. And here's what I love about Jesus. Jesus says, listen to me, Jesus says, no one's ever seen God except his son, and his son has revealed him to you. How did Jesus reveal God to us? By his character. He was totally undivided. He was unhypocritical. He was who he said he was. He did what he said he would do. He wasn't out for popular opinion. He was out to honor his heavenly father, and he displayed his heavenly father with his character. Does anybody here today believe character counts? And in the society we live in today, is there anyone here who believes character is a very important element that needs to be found in our lives? Character counts. The Bible says it this way in Proverbs 10, 9, whoever walks in integrity, underline that, whoever walks in integrity, moral uprightness, the state of being whole, undivided, that's what it means. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. But he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. I want to tell you, Jesus never had to walk into a room worrying about something coming out on him that he was trying to hide. Now, I'm, I'm fully aware that I'm in a room full of human beings who are sinners, saved by grace, 
And there is absolutely, and I'm going to say this, and I really believe I'm true in this, um, and the only ones that don't fit this are the little kids in the room. For all of us who's been through adolescence and above, we know we all got some skeletons that we want to keep hid in the closet. Things we don't want people talking about when we walk in a room. Can I get a witness from somebody? Y'all just sit there and look at me all you want to. Because you know I'm talking to you. Look at your neighbor and tell him, yes, he is. Right? And because I'm talking about me too. How many thank God for grace? That's where grace comes in. How many know that we will remember it and the devil will remember all our sins? But how many know that when you, the Bible says God will cast your sins as far as the east is from the west? Uh, and when you repent of your sin, God forgives you, and you can bring up to God, hey, God, you remember when I did and when I did and when I said, and how many know that you might remember it and the devil will remind you of it and people in the room might remind you of it, but when you've been forgiven of it by the grace of God, God says, I don't know what you're talking about. That's over. That's under the blood. It's as far as away as the east is from the west. I won't remember that no more. Man, you ought to give God a shout for amazing grace. That's why we sing that this morning. Amen. Now, wait a minute. Let's, let's pick back up. Jesus lived his life with such integrity, he walked securely. Do you want to be able to walk confidently? Here's the key to walking with confidence. Walk with integrity. Walk with integrity. I like Billy Graham's quotes there on your outline. You can read it with me. The greatest legacy one can pass on to one's children or grandchildren, listen to me, is not money or other material things accumulated in one's life, but rather a legacy of character and faith. And I want to tell you, our society is in greater need of men of character then they are you leaving behind your 401k savings. Our world needs men and women of integrity. And Jesus is our model for integrity. Jesus says, you want to see God the Father? See him in me. How many of you want to live in such a way that people at work, people in school, people in your subdivision, people at the grocery store, people at the gas station can see Jesus in you because of your character. How many want that with all your heart today? How many know God will let you have it if you're intentional about it and say, God, from this day forward, I'm going to be intentional about living a life of character modeled after you. Amen? No matter what the past is, from this day forward, shout this day forward. Amen? The second way Jesus said, hey, if you don't, if you don't see it in me, because, hey, we all mess it up sometimes, Jesus says, you'll know it in verse 10, by my words. In verse 10, Jesus says, by my words, look at it. Don't you believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? The words I speak to you are not, the, uh, not my own. I do not speak of my own. The Father who lives in me does this work. He's saying, listen to me, I want you to know that by our words we give a reflection to God. By our words, Jesus said this. Look on your outline there. Jesus says in John 7, 16, my teaching isn't mine, it's the one who sent me. How many know that Jesus just kind of rocked everybody? Uh, one, because he always called God Father. In fact, you know, people struggle with calling God Father in our society. In the religious world, people struggle with calling God Father. And the Jewish people definitely struggled with it. It's only referenced, God's only referenced as a father 15 times in the Old Testament. 
But if you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, just the first three Gospels, it's recorded that Jesus calls God his Father at least 65 times. And when you read the Gospel of John, he says it at least 100 times. And it's changed everybody's perception of God. And now God can be our Father. And Jesus says, listen, listen, one of the ways you know that God is my Father is because of what you hear coming out of my mouth. This is so good. And it's going to be so quiet for just a moment. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you'll live. <laughs> Jesus says, the teaching I give you is not mine. You know why Jesus could walk around with such integrity and such confidence? Listen, I want to tell you, Jesus had so much confidence when he talked that the scribes, the preachers of the day, left insulted. And the people left frustrated. And they would say this, this testimony about Jesus. He speaks like one with authority. You know how Jesus spoke with authority? He wasn't speaking his opinion. He wasn't speaking about his preferences. You know how Jesus spoke with such authority? Jesus said, the words I speak come first from the Father. Jesus said, I don't speak on my own. I speak from the Father. Question, how much more confident could you be in a conversation if you ran every answer or every response through God before you allowed it to come out of your mouth. How many believe we wouldn't talk near as much? We would understand the Bible verse that says, be quick to hear and slow to speak. And in our world today, I believe Jesus would add to this verse. I believe Jesus would say, not just the words you say, but the words you text and the words you post. How amazing would it be if every one of us who desires to reflect God took the next seven days and refused to give an answer or a response or a text, or an email, or a social media post before we prayed about it. And before we asked God, God, do I have your permission to say that? God, do I have your permission to type that? God, do I have your permission to post that? <laughs> I mean, no, some people in the social media world will think you died. <laughs> Where did they go? And if I had the opportunity to get on your social media for you, I would just write the word rapture. <laughs> oh, that messed people up, wouldn't it? Then I'd be, oh, what am I still doing here, right? So, yeah, I won't do that. Think about it. You know, Proverbs 18, 24 says to let our words be as sweet as a honeycomb. Sweet like honey. Has anybody ever called you sweet lips? <laughs> if some of you would say that to your spouse after you leave church today, it'd probably make your afternoon a whole lot better. But you gotta say it in the right way, all right? Do you know the Bible says to let your words be as sweet as a honeycomb? Do you know that the Bible says that power of life and death in Proverbs 18, the power of life and death is in the, in the tongue? 
Do you know you got dynamite between your teeth? You got the power of life and death in your mouth, your tongue, and not just your tongue. It comes out your fingertips at times, and I just need you to understand, Jesus said, I'm going to reflect God not only with my character, but I'm going to reflect God with what I say. And the words that come out of my mouth. Because Jesus taught this. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 37, look at your outline, read the verse out loud with me, ready to go. For by your words you will be justified. Watch this, watch this. And by your words you will be condemned. Do you understand that words carry weight? Oh, they're just words. We like to sing that song, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Liar. Do you know we lied to our kids when we taught them that song as a kid? Words have the power of life and death. We live in a world where everybody's angry and everybody's upset and everybody's got their feelings hurt and everybody's offended and everybody's responding back. Next week, I'm going to start a new series. We're going to call it Be the Change. Because Christians have to be the change. We have to be different. Judgment starts in our own houses before we can expect it to happen in someone else's. Say amen. And and, and listen, Jesus is our model to live with integrity and how to respond. There are sometimes I do not respond for days to emails or texts. And I know people like, well, what? Man, I emailed the pastor this question. Why ain't he answered? Because I'm praying about the response first. I don't want to give you a response in my flesh. I don't trust me. I trust him. Jesus says, the words I answer you with, the words I say to you are not my own. Isn't that amazing? Jesus said, I don't even answer you out of my flesh. Jesus says, I'm only going to answer you when I got a word from the Father. Let's practice that for the next seven days. Amen? Why is that so important? Why does God take such a big stock in our words? We'll look at Matthew 12, or 15, verse 18. Matthew 15, 18. For what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. Amen? So what do we do? Well, the more we try to reflect God, the closer we get to the Father, we get our heart right. And the more we work on our heart the more it cleans up our responses. Isn't that amazing? That the answer to it all is getting closer to your heavenly father, getting closer to Jesus. Because when you get closer to Jesus, it affects how you respond in every other area of your life. How many's found this to be true? Work on the relationship, it'll change every area of your life. Here's how Paul said to Christians in Colossians to answer. He said, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. So you can either be sweet lips or you can be salty. But this is a good salty, not the bad salty. Let your words be seasoned with salt so you know how to answer each person. So Jesus says, see the Father through my action, through, uh, excuse me, through my integrity, my character, and through my words, third and last, through my actions. And I love this. I love how in verse 10, Jesus ties words and actions in the same verse. And he says, I speak only what the Father sends me, and the Father who lives in me does his works. So what you say has got to come out in the actions. And so 
Uh, think about this for a moment. By our actions, we get to reflect God the Father. This is what Jesus did. Look at John 10, 25. Jesus says, I did tell you, and you don't believe. Jesus answered them, the works I do in my Father's name testify about me. And so in other words, he says, you can believe in me because I have shown you the Father. How many want people to see that you truly are what you say you are? And those of you who follow Christ want people to see Christ in you, right? So that means we build the relationship so that God can show that we really are on the inside what we profess on the outside. Verse 38, but if I'm doing them and you don't believe me, believe the works. The way you will know and understand the Father is in me and that I am in the Father. How many know actions speak louder than words? That doesn't mean you get to throw point two out and just go live it out because actions and words go together. Last year, I, I started the year off with this. This was our theme verse last year. It's Matthew 5, 16. Let's look at it and say it out loud with me because this is why this is so important for us to grow in the likeness of our Heavenly Father and display or reflect His glory to the world. This is why, because here is the awesome opportunity God has given us. It's Matthew 5, 16. Let's read it. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your, what's the word? Good works and give what? Glory to who? Your Father who is in heaven. Because if Ephesians says, because we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God has called us to be light. He's called us to be the light on the hill. And we have been created to do good works. We've been created. Listen to me. I got great news for you. God designed you to reflect the Father. So how's it going? Some of you may say, Pastor, it's going really well. And I applaud you. Can it get better? Well, sure it can. Some of you say, Pastor, <laughs> eh, a little rough. Hey, well, you're in the right place today then. Because you've got a Heavenly Father who loves you and won't reject you. He, if you just say, oh, God, I'm a little rough over here, he'll, he'll clean it up. He'll forgive you. And today, he'll give you the power to go forward. Why is that? Think about this. Please hear me. I'm almost done. Please hear me. When you confess your sins to Jesus, I don't care what they are, number one, he forgives them. Shout, yes, he does. Throws them as far as what? East is from the west. To do what? Never remember them again. He'll forgive you. Secondly, he fills you with his Holy Spirit. His presence comes to live inside you. So now your effort to reflect the glory of God isn't just on you. He has empowered you on the inside. So wherever those rough edges are, give them to God. He can clean it up. But it just takes you being intentional and surrendering it to him. That's good news. Amen? 
I love children. Today's Father's Day. You got to honor kids. You know what? I, I think it's amazing. It's so good. Kids learn to sit, learn to walk, learn to talk, learn posture, body language, even their accent by imitating the adults who are around them. Today, I encourage you to intentionally choose to grow closer and closer to your Heavenly Father. And the closer you get to God, the more you'll sit like God and talk like God and walk like God. Hey, I don't know if he's got a Kentucky accent or not, but you'll even start sounding more like him. Amen? Maybe my accent will go away, and I'll start sounding a little bit more like him if I get a little closer. <laughs> he loves you. Amen? Here's your big takeaway. Here's how it all, he finishes up this part of the conversation there in verse 12 of John 14. So Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And if you don't believe that, believe the words I've said. And if you don't believe the words I've said, believe me by the works. And then I love this. Then he says to the disciples, here's your big takeaway, ready? And the one who believes in me, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. Catch this. He will even do greater works than these. Do you know that God has placed you to do even greater works for Jesus in your lifetime than what he did for the Father? Because not only has God forgave you, but if you've received him, he's moved inside of you, and your life now can be a circle of influence reflecting the Father's glory wherever you are. Everywhere you go, you have an opportunity to reflect the Father's glory at work, at school, in the supermarket, at the grocery store, at a ball game. Wherever you go, you reflect his glory. And hey, CPC, can I talk to us for a moment? You get all of us working together in our circles of influences and reflecting the glory of God, look at how many different places God goes this week. Because wherever you go and you go and you go and you go and you guys back there and you over there and you watching online, if we go to reflect the Father's glory, we get to take the glory in places that if Jesus was still walking this earth, he couldn't have all traveled all those places at the same time in his fleshly body but we can. Amen. Thank you for joining us today for the Pursuit Podcast. For more content, to read our blog, watch past sermons, or find other great resources, check us out at chrisvaught.net, and then check us out on social media. Then tune in again next week, and we will open our Bibles and together pursue after the heart of God. Thank you again for joining us at the Pursuit.